Galatians chapter 3, and we'll be reading verses 19 through 26. And as I just mentioned, we have been talking about freedom from the law. That was the, the situation that was going on. There were uh, still some people in this, in this time after uh, Jesus had uh, gone back to be to heaven, or excuse me, had gone to be uh, back in heaven with God. And here were the disciples and some of these early church people who were, who were starting out the church, who were doing what Jesus Christ commanded them to do. But there were still some who were uh, trying to live according to what the law said. And what Paul was trying to do was free them. He was trying to uh, free them from that burden uh, that the law had put on them. Last, uh, last time that we met a couple weeks ago and talked about this, we talked about Abraham, that the promise came uh, through Abraham and it was by faith and that we are saved by faith, not by works of the law. That the faith Abraham had came before that the works of the law uh, ever came into be. Before God ever gave Moses and the Israelites the law, Abraham was justified by faith. And so are we. We are justified by our faith in Jesus Christ. That was the one who was promised that we saw in the Old Testament. The same ones, uh, the same people in the Old Testament who had faith, although they didn't see Jesus Christ, they had faith in the one to come. And we have seen Jesus Christ in God's Word. We have seen who Jesus was, what He did, and so we have the same faith. And that is what saves us. And so we've talked a lot about the law and about faith. And the question that I ended with last week was, what is the purpose of the law? If, if the law is, is, is of no significance, if Jesus has, has come and he's the new covenant, then what point did the law even have at all? And that's what we are going to talk about tonight. And we are probably going to be here for a little while, so I know it's Wednesday night, so take a deep breath. I know you've had a long day, but God's kind of put a lot on my heart, so we'll, we'll cover what we can to try to understand this as best we can. So we're going to try to cover a lot of ground kind of quickly tonight. So if I say a scripture and you want to know it later, just hit me up and I'll tell you what it is. So let's pray, and then we'll dig in. God, I come to you tonight, and I pray that you just would uh, calm my nerves for whatever reason, dear Lord, that you would just uh, uh, help me to be able to preach and teach. Uh, that's going to be in a way that's beneficial to your people tonight, God. I pray that your Holy Spirit would just do the work that you've already prepared our hearts and that as we look into your Word tonight that we uh, understand rightly, dear Lord, about the law and about Jesus, God, and that we don't uh, get caught in that trap of being legalistic, dear Lord. I know it seems like we just keep... Uh, talking about the same thing every week, dear Lord. But in, in Galatians, that's what Paul is dealing with. That's what your word deals with. Dear Lord Jesus, that's what you uh, dealt with so often. And so this is not a trivial thing. And we want to make sure that we don't fall into that trap, dear Lord. That we are not under uh, the burden of trying to follow the letter of the law. But Lord Jesus, that we are just uh, trusting in you. That we are finding our rest and our and, and everything in you, dear Lord Jesus. And so I pray tonight that you would be with us as we study your word and help us to, to get out, help me to get out what needs to get out, dear Lord. Just let your spirit lead and let me know when it's time to shut up, God, and be obedient to you and just be quiet. So God, open our hearts and open our ears to hear your word tonight. Help us to understand what your word says. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Galatians chapter 3, verse 19. Why then was the law given? It was added because of transgressions until the seed, remember Jesus is the seed, we learned that a couple weeks ago, uh, until the seed to whom the promise was made would come. The law was put into effect through angels by means of a mediator. 
Now, a mediator is not for just one person, but God is one. Is the law, therefore, contrary to God's promises? Absolutely not. For if a law had been given that was able to give life, then righteousness would certainly be by the law. But the Scripture has imprisoned everything under sin's power, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Before this faith came, we were confined under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith was revealed. The law then was our guardian until Christ, so that we could be justified by faith. But since that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. All right. So this is a this is a pretty a pretty good text. There's a lot of stuff to cover here, and we won't we won't dig in it too deep, but we're going to cover a lot of ground. Why then was the law given? If the law could not save us, then why was the law given? Well, Paul answers that question at the end of the passage, and it says that the law was our guardian. Now, some of your translations may say schoolmaster, and there are several different words that are used, but, but there's not a real good English word to describe what, what exactly has taken place there. What is being described there in the Greek is a, a pedagogos, is what the Greek word is, and that is simply a person who would be in charge of taking a child to and from school. They would lead them to and from school. They would make sure that they got there safely and they would bring them back. So it was a, a guardian in the sense that it would take care of the child until the child became of age that they were old enough to look out for themselves. And that is a good illustration of what the law was for us. The law was never meant to save us, but the law was meant to keep us safe and keep us ready until Jesus came. The law could tell us what God required of us, but we could never fulfill that. And so the law was our guardian until Jesus Christ came. That's who everybody in the Old Testament was looking forward to. Now, I thought about a movie that I watched a, a few years ago. The name of it was Disturbia. And uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. But let me tell you what happened in the beginning of the story. What happened was there was this teenage boy, and he was free to do whatever he wanted to do, right? He could do whatever he wanted to do, but he went out and he got in some trouble. He got taken to jail, and because of the trouble he got into, because he broke the law, he was no longer free to go out and hang out with his friends and do what he wanted to do. Instead, the law put a bracelet on his ankle. Bam! They locked it up. He could not leave the premises of his house. Now, while he had this ankle bracelet on, he was still free to live. He was alive. He could eat. He could drink. He could watch TV. He could do some things. But this bracelet confined him to the area around his house. He was confined there, and he could see everything else that was going on. But if he began to get out of the boundaries, then the thing would, would go off, and the police would come. And so that little band kept him in check. It kept him from getting into trouble. Now, he could have hopped over the invisible boundary, and he could have went and done what he wanted to do, but he would have had to face consequences. And so the reason why the law put the band on him was to keep him in check. And he saw all these things going on on the outside, but he couldn't take part in them. And that's kind of what the law was 
for us. The law was put into place, it says, because of transgression. That is, because of sin. Adam and Eve, just like the guy in the movie, they were free to do what they wanted to do, but they sinned against God. And so because of that sinfulness, the law is then put into effect. And it is to be the guardian, it is to be the guidance for God's people until the time comes that Jesus Christ frees them and us from the law. And so it begs the question, I was thinking about this as we, uh, as we were talking Sunday night in church. We were talking about the law a little bit and we were talking about the Sabbath day. So we're just going to use that as an example tonight because we just recently talked about that. Now I do have a correction for something I said that was wrong. We were talking about the Sabbath day and the Ten Commandments and what I said was is that it is a, uh, 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 we should remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, but I said it's not a command to rest. But in the Ten Commandments that is there. So that was, that was a, a, an unintentional misleading thing on me. Alright, so that's what the Ten Commandments says. But the question that we have to answer when we're talking about the law is are we required to follow, let's just say that law for an example, should we as Christians remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy? That's a good question. Now, keep in mind, the problem that was going on in this day and age is that people were experiencing the burden of the law. They were being legalistic. That's what, that's what that means, is they were trying to live by the law, and they were missing out on the freedom that Jesus Christ had given them. In Romans chapter 10, verse 4, it says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. So, are we to follow the law or are we not to follow the law? Well, according to the Scripture and all throughout the New Testament, you go back and read for yourself, Jesus Christ has freed us from the law. Now, that's very important for us to remember because we don't want to fall into that same trap of legalism. Jesus Christ has freed us from the law. Talking about the Sabbath as an example, let's see what the New Testament would have to say about that. Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17 says, Therefore, don't let anyone judge you in regard to food and drink or in the matter of a festival or a new moon. Okay, we don't really have to worry too much about that. That's not a, something we deal with. But, listen to this part, on a Sabbath day, let's see, uh, let me start over. Therefore, don't let anyone judge you in regard to food and drink are in the matter of a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of what was to come. The substance is the Messiah. Now, it goes on to say, if you read a little further in the New Testament, it says that some consider one day as to be more important than the other, and some consider all days to be equal. Alright, so, so it's dealing with the issue, and the point being is that we see nowhere in the New Testament that Jesus commands us to keep the Sabbath day. We see nowhere in the New Testament where it says that we are to keep the Sabbath day. That was a thing that was put into place for God's children of Israel. And some of you are saying, hold up now, wait a minute, I don't like the way this sounds, but go and read the text. We are freed from that, and here is what we have to be careful of. 
What we have to be careful of is if we want to live under the law, if we are only coming to church because we feel like we must keep the Sabbath and we feel like that is our justification, that is what we are going by, by God's Word, if we are going to live by the law, then we must also be judged by the law. And in Exodus chapter 31, the judgment for one who did not keep the Sabbath or worked on the Sabbath was this. They were supposed to kill him. It was death. That was it. Now, that's pretty harsh. And so we have to be careful when we say, well, that's what the Ten Commandments says. That's what the law says. So therefore, that is what I'm going to follow. If we are going to live by that, if we are going to live by that law, then we must also uphold the punishments of that law. But we're not going to do that, right? So we want to make sure that we are not living in the burden of that. Now, sometimes people are guilty all over. I've heard this lots of times throughout my life. Somebody may miss church, and somebody may hound them about it. You should have been in church. You should have been in church. But the Bible clearly talks about that some people consider one day holy, and other people consider all days holy. Let me find a scripture. i got it right here for you. Romans chapter 14, verse 5. One person considers one day to be above another. Someone else considers every day to be the same. Each one must be fully convinced in his own mind. That's very important for us to remember. If you feel convicted and you feel like that you must be in church on Sunday morning, then by all means, you need to be in church by Sunday morning. But there may be some who are in Christ and they recognize that they are free. And they recognize that that is not a requirement because Jesus Christ has freed us from the law. And what we have to be careful to do, the Bible would say, is we are not to judge others who don't do exactly what we want to do. So we have to be careful in this example if we see somebody who hasn't gone to church to say, well, you should have been in church because that's what we were commanded to do in the Bible. But the Bible clearly says in the New Testament, nowhere did Jesus teach us that we must keep the Sabbath. Nowhere did the disciples teach that. Nowhere did we see that in the early church. What is important is that we come together and worship as brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, I'm not saying, don't summary, I'm saying, all right, this is good, I don't have to come to church. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we are freed from the burden of the law. And so if you miss church on Sunday morning, you don't have to feel guilty. You don't have to beat yourself up about it. You don't have to shake your finger at somebody else and say, oh, I should have been there. Well, yeah, we should be together and worship. Uh, we should want to worship the Lord. But we are free from that burden. We don't have to live with that guilt that the law is pressing down on us because we miss church on Sunday. And so we want to be careful that we don't fall into the trap of legalism. Because Jesus has freed us from that. And that is a good deal. A couple Sundays ago, you know what I was doing? I was riding roller coasters on Sunday. And you guys can judge me. Maybe I'm in the wrong, but I didn't feel convicted. I was having a good time. I didn't feel a bit convicted because I wasn't in church. Now, maybe I should have, but I didn't. But you know what I did feel convicted of that week? I felt convicted because for the last three days that wasn't Sunday, I hadn't given God any time. That's what I felt convicted of. I didn't feel convicted because I wasn't in church on Sunday. I felt convicted because I didn't give God any time on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. And that's the point, is it's not a certain day. It is that we come and worship the Lord. It is good for us to be together, brothers and sisters in Christ. I hope that nobody in here comes to church because they feel like they have to. I hope that everybody in here comes to church because we want to. 
And if you miss a Wednesday night, if you're tired, if you, if you got something going on, then God understands. Now, if you're missing because you're trying to avoid the Lord, then that's a problem. But don't let that burden and guilt weigh you down because Jesus Christ has freed you from that. Jesus is our rest. You see, that command to the, uh, to the people of Israel, it was to the people of Israel. Go back and read Exodus 31. It is very specific uh, uh, language there. God is speaking to his children, Israel. The command to keep the Sabbath was for his children, Israel. That command didn't even come into effect until Exodus chapter 16. And so that command was for them. And Jesus has freed us from that, praise the Lord. Jesus has become our rest for us. For sin will not rule over you because you are not under the law, but under grace. That's Romans chapter 6, verse 14. We are not under the law. We are under grace. And there is a lot of freedom there. There should be a lot of joy there. There should be a lot of excitement there. Because the law only brings burden. Worshiping the Lord should be a blessing and not a burden. If you're coming to church on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night, Bible never tells us to do that. Bible never tells us what days to come. Doesn't matter. It doesn't make any difference what day we come. It's all good. But if you're feeling burdened and feeling guilty, you don't have to because Jesus has freed you from that. But praise the Lord that we want to come, that we desire to come because there is something uplifting about brothers and sisters in Christ being together. And I think everybody would agree to that. I see a lot of heads going up and down, and that's good. That's a good thing to see. That's a great thing to see. The Sabbath day was a day of rest for the children of Israel, but the Bible would tell us Christians that we have a new rest. And our rest is not found in the Sabbath day, but it is found in Jesus Christ. It is found in Jesus Christ. Uh, the Sabbath day and all these other things we see in the Old Testament, they were a shadow of what was to come. They were a shadow of what was to come, and we see in God's Word what has come, and that is Jesus Christ. And so we have to be careful that we don't fall into that trap and say, well, we must follow this law, and we pick and choose, and we can follow this one and follow that. You're either going to follow them all, or you're not going to follow any of them. You can either follow the law or you can follow Jesus. You can't pick a couple of laws to follow and say, well, these God still wants us to follow. No, God wants us to follow Jesus. That's what God wants us to follow. That's where our rest comes from. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. The rest for God's children, Israel, came on the Sabbath day. But the rest for all of us, and even for them eventually when Jesus came, is Jesus himself. Hebrews chapter 4. Go read it when you get home tonight. It's some good stuff in there. It talks about the Sabbath. It talks about rest. Verse 10 says, For the person who has entered his rest, that's the Lord's rest, has rested from his own works, just as God did from his. You get that? Everybody has, who has come into the Lord's rest has rested from their own works. Boy, that's good. That's good stuff when we realize that we don't have to work our way into God's favor. That when we rest in the Lord's works, when we rest in Jesus' works, 
We have rested from our own works. That means that we have given up trying to do and follow every letter of the law. That means that we are living in freedom. And that's what Paul is trying to get across to the people of Galatia. That's what Jesus was trying to get across to so many people in his ministry. It was time after time after time they're coming to him and they're saying we're following the letter of the law and they had totally missed it. They had totally missed it. There was Jesus Christ, the Son of God, right there to heal them, to have compassion, to love them, to deliver them, to be the redemption that God's Word had told them about. And they missed it because they were too busy being legalistic and judging one another. Well, you didn't come to church Sunday, or you didn't do this, or you picked wheat on the Sabbath day. And Jesus was saying, you're missing the point. Jesus was saying, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus was saying, look, I am God's son. I am right here in front of you. You are following the letter of the law, but you have missed the point of the law. Church, let us not be guilty of that. I know I harp on that all the time, but that's such a major point. I see that all the time. I see churches struggle because they are still living in the law and they are not experiencing the freedom that Jesus Christ came and gave them when he died on the cross and was resurrected. And we don't want to be so foolish. We don't want to be so foolish is to miss the freedom we have. It's not a freedom to sin. It's a freedom to serve. It's not like we leave today and say, praise the Lord, I am freed from everything because of what Jesus did. Let me go out and just live wild. That's not at all. If you're thinking that right now after this message and I have done a bad job and you ain't read your Bible good enough because that is not what God's Word calls us to. We are freed from the letter of the law. We don't have that burden, but we are freed for service of the Lord. And that should excite us. That should excite us to get to not just say, well, it's Sunday, I have to go to church because it's that a week. But it should excite us to say, Jesus loves me, and I want to go to church and worship Him Sunday. And I want to go to the apartments on Tuesday, not because I have to, but because I want to. And I want to go on a Wednesday night when the preacher's going to preach for 45 minutes about the law we've been hearing about for the last six weeks because I want to draw closer to the Lord. That should be our attitude. And that's what Paul was trying to get across to the people of Galatia. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 through 15. We're going to get here in a couple weeks. But For you were called to be free, brothers. Only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. We just talked about that. We are free, brothers and sisters in Christ, but we are not to use our freedom to go and live in sin. Now look, let's say you've been working all week long. And your wife's been working, or your husband's been working, and you guys are just wore out. You worked on Saturday, and it's Sunday, and you know you got to go back to work on Monday, and you just feel like you just need to go out and recharge and just spend some time with each other, loving on each other, just kind of relaxing. Well, praise the Lord. That's a good thing. If you have to miss church, I think, I think God understands. I'm not God. I don't know. But if you feel justified in that and you feel a clear conscience that you're going to go and spend, spend the afternoon with your wife, then praise the Lord. If you feel convicted, then you come to church. But don't skip out on church and go live in the sin because you say, oh, I'm free. I can go do what I want to do. I'm going to skip out on church and I'm going to do something wild and crazy that God tells me not to do. No. That's clearly what the text says we are not supposed to do. But serve one another through love. 
For the entire law is fulfilled in one statement. Alright, you're saying, what about the law? What about the law? Here we go. Here's the law fulfilled in one statement. Get it right here. Love your neighbor as yourself, but if you bite and devour one another, watch out or you will be consumed by one another. Now, that's pretty good stuff right there. That's the law. Love your neighbor as yourself. Let's not be judgmental and throw people under the bus because they didn't follow the letter of the law. That's why the Pharisees killed Jesus. He would do stuff that didn't follow what they thought was the letter of the law and they nailed him to a tree. And we, brothers and sisters in Christ, do not want to be guilty of the same thing because the text says the law is to love each other and not devour one another. Because that's what will destroy a church. It'll destroy this church and any other church. It'll destroy any body of believers anywhere. If you quit loving each other and you start throwing each other under under the bus and you begin to judge others who may not be convicted of the same things as you are, maybe there are some who are living in freedom and some who are living under the burden and you're judging this one and this one's judging you for that and it's going to cause dissension. Let us all pull together. That's what God's Word calls us to do. But when we try to have it both ways, when we try to, when we say, I'm going to trust in Jesus, but then we go back and we look at some of these Old Testament laws and we say, I'm going to live in the law, and I, I'm going to, but I'm going to do this with Jesus, but I'm going to, I'm going to do this in the law, you, you get, you're getting it messed up. You're not, getting, you're, not getting, you're not getting what God wants you to have. The law was a good thing. God put the law into effect. It was a good thing. It was a guardian. It was what kept God's people in check until Jesus came and fulfilled the law. And so we have to move on from the law to Jesus. Think about this, all right? I was thinking today about some good food. And now lasagna is a good food. Some of you may not like it, but I love lasagna. Lasagna is great. Now think about this. Now think about some dessert. Think about some good old chocolate pie, right? Love chocolate pie. Now when you eat dinner, you eat that dinner, and sometimes we might not can eat all, all of our dinner, but usually when it gets time to dessert, we can devour all that dessert. We eat it up because it's good. We, we, we looking at the dessert menu while we're eating our dinner. Our dinner keeps us in check until we get to the dessert, the good stuff. But what we don't ever do is this. We don't ever take our lasagna and eat it for a minute and say, let me mix the chocolate pie in there and eat it together. If you mix them together and try to eat both of them, it ain't no good. It don't work. It's nasty. It ruins everything. And that's how it is with Jesus and the law. The law is there, and it's there to get us by until we get to Jesus, the dessert, the good stuff. And we don't want to take what is so holy and so righteous and so good and so awesome in Jesus, everything that we need, and then try to mix Jesus back into the law because that keeps us from experiencing the freedom that God wants us to have. So maybe there are some chains of legalism and some judgment. It creeps in here. It gets us, y'all. It'll do it. I'm not just talking. I'm talking to all of us. We have to be on guard because God doesn't desire for us to judge one another and to live under the burden and the chains of the law. He desires us to live under the freedom of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your good word tonight. And it's a lot, dear Lord. It's kind of some tough stuff. But help us to 
to get it, God. I pray that you would help everybody just to study your word and keep on uh, studying your text, dear Lord. Just don't take what I say today, but that they'll read your word, that they'll see that freedom, that they'll see Jesus' words, that they'll see uh, the words of, of all of, of these books in the New Testament, that we are freed from the law. God, it's the heart of the law that matters. And God, we still, as Christians, we, we still do a lot of the things that the law said because, because it's the heart of it, dear Lord. But we don't have the burden of it, God, because we know we are freed from that through Jesus Christ. So God, help us just to enjoy Jesus, to be blessed by Jesus, to not get caught up in that, in that guilt that the devil will try to make us uh, feel because we might not follow the letter of the law, dear Lord. God, we thank you that we are free, that we are no longer uh, constrained to, to, to follow all these rules, but you have given us the world, God. Not so that we can go out and sin, but God, so that we can go out and serve. And so I pray that we would just do, do just that, God. I pray that on those days that maybe we, 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 we skip church or don't want to come uh, be a part of something that's going on to serve you because we got other motives, dear Lord, that are sinful, I pray that you'd forgive us and take those things away. But God, on those days where, where maybe somebody just doesn't feel like coming or there's just something heavy going on, dear Lord, and they can't make it to something, God, just let them feel your presence of comfort and help them not to feel guilty or feel burdened, but just to come to Jesus. Dear Lord, maybe there are some that need rest, and maybe there are times that, that, that come into church we just don't feel like it, but God, our rest is not at church. Our rest is in Jesus. So help us to always go to Jesus, dear Lord. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it doesn't matter when it is, what time of day it is, God, we know where our freedom is. So help us to live in that freedom, God, in Jesus Christ. And in His name we pray it. Amen.